This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So here's Felix Hernandez. First time swinging the bat this year. Here's the windup and the pitch on the way. Swing and a fly ball into deep right field. Chavez going back and this one is gone. Goodbye baseball. Felix Hernandez with an opposite field grand slam home run. Holy smokes, I don't believe it. Felix's first career grand slam, his second career hit, and it's off of Johan Santana. And the Mariners lead the Mets by a score of four to nothing. Would you believe it here at the top of the second? What a thrill for that kid. Pretty incredible when you think about that. The home run, the grand slam off of Johan Santana, one of the great Felix moments as Felix Week continues on Mariners Classics. And we're going to talk about that game from somebody who was there, not only someone who was there, but the winning pitcher in that game, a conversation with Ryan Roland Smith about that day in New York, about the grand slam, about Felix, and so much more. Very fun conversation with Ryan Roland Smith. All right, Ryan, it has been so long. I mean, normally, under normal circumstances, we'd be seeing each other all the time. We'd be talking baseball all the time. It's been a little while. How you doing? How you hanging in? I'm doing all right. I think I like the fact that I don't have to see you every day, Gary. You know, I'm getting <laughs> used to it. It's nice. One. It's kind of nice. <laughs> I know. My poor family. They're forced to see me every day. <laughs> yeah. Hey, mine too, man. It's it's been uh this house gets smaller and smaller by the day. But um hanging in there, I mean, I'm trust me, I'm missing baseball like crazy. Yeah. I was so excited for this season. You know, I got to hang out with you guys, you and Rick, um, you know, those last couple of weeks yeah. in spring training. You know, before before this, you know, went south. And I remember we were talking we're like this couldn't affect baseball. There's no chance. I got back on the plane and literally two days later, here we are. That's is. crazy. You know, I know. I but, know. Well, hopefully yeah. we'll be back to it soon. In the meantime, it's a fun week on Mariners classics. We're playing uh, some of Felix greatest games and there's a lot to choose from. And this is just an all time classic. And we have to talk to you about it because not only were you there, you were the winning pitcher in this game. But I want to go. <laughs> I back vultured to the, that win. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I want to go back to the beginning of this one because it is so interesting on so many levels. It's the Mariners. It's the Mets. June twenty third, two thousand eight, and I feel like this gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. But you know, you had Felix on one side. You know, he hits the grand slam, and it wasn't just off anyone. We're talking about Johan Santana. At the time. In the prime of his career. Yes. Right? I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, it was. And and I I wouldn't say, I don't want to say, you know, everyone remembers, you know, truly remembers Johan Santana in his twins days when it was just straight, who's this kid, rule five, no one can hit him, that nasty changeup. This was right after, and correct me if I'm wrong, but he signed that big deal with the Mets Mm -hmm. and big market team and the whole thing. Um, But he was – yeah, you know, I'm not looking at him in a Mets uniform and taking anything away. He was nasty on this night. And it's funny because we're talking 2008 Felix Hernandez. 
And this is a guy, literally, I was in the bullpen, um, and me and my, my bullpen buddies would roll out. Anytime Felix was pitching, and this is no joke, when it was me or another guy, Sean Green, um, and a couple other culprits up there were like, well, we're not going to pitch tonight. <laughs> because we're like at those middle innings, Felix was that dominant that it, it, we were basically, it wasn't a vacation, but we were basically just sitting back, relaxing, and we're at that old Shea Stadium. And you couldn't see from the bullpen, you couldn't see the game. So we just had to watch it on the monitor. Yeah. And uh, so we got to watch Johan Felix sit back, put our feet up, and 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 watch him do his thing. Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, he signed with the Mets that year, Johan. He actually ended up leading the National League in ERA, 2-5-3 right. that year, third in Cy Young voting, through 234 innings. I, I think people kind of forget that, you know, before injuries really hit him hard, he was still really good his first three years with the Mets, and he was right. That okay, year, so, so so when when did it all go south for him? Because I remember there was just there was an injury, and then there was just a yeah. complete decline. So it was a couple years after that. Yeah, because in 2010, almost 30 starts, an ERA under three, 199 innings, but then he didn't pitch at all in 2011. 2012 yeah. came back, ERA near five, and then that was it. I mean, he That's burned good. bright. But for a short period of time, I mean, he was yeah. two Cy Youngs, uh, four top three finishes in voting. I mean, for those that remember, he was dominant. And then just, just in the blink of an eye. I mean, that's. I mean, I guess that's yeah. how pitching can go sometimes. Unfortunately, yeah. I I was with the Twins 2005. I was a Rule Five pick, and it's funny because just you know, only a couple of years prior to that, he was a Rule Five pick with the Twins. So there I am. I'm like their next Rule 5 pick. And they're all like, oh, Johan Santana did this. You're a Rule 5 pick. What are you going to do? I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to put myself in that same category. I remember going into camp that year, and he was he was there. It was awesome because yeah. I got to watch him throw bullpens you know, every other day and watch him do his thing. And he was such a good dude. But um, he – you know, and, and he was so cool with everyone. He just came from a really humble place. But it's so funny. It's like, can we move away from the fact that I just got Rule 5 to the same team as he did a couple of years ago? Because I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I highly doubt I'm going to give you the same production he has done the last year and a half. I mean, truly one of the greatest Rule 5 picks in baseball history. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, he put Rule 5 on the map, I think, for this generation. You know, I, yeah. You know, again, I know the, the, the whole thing had been going on for, forever, but... You know, around that time, because I was one of them, it was you're really taking a massive gamble. They never work out. Bill Bavese, I got back to the Mariners that spring training. This is 2005. And he said, he, he said, hey, you know, if you're a Rule 5 pick and you get returned, it never really works out. You, never, you, you barely ever get to the big leagues. I'm like, thanks, Bill. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that, That's a great way to kick off my 2005 <laughs> double A campaign. Thanks. Oh, man. So <laughs> you're settling into this game and it's Felix and Johan. It's a it's a great matchup. When you're in the bullpen for a game like this, is there – I mean, fans get really excited about it. I love matchups like this. Is part of you, like, settling in for this great pitcher's duel that – I mean, chances are both these guys will go seven, eight innings? I mean, is that in your this, mind going into yeah. a game like this? Put it this way, dude. We would sort of roll out – you know, we'd sit maybe in the dugout or maybe in the locker room for, like, an inning, mm -hmm. um, and then we'd kind of roll out, you know, um, out to the bullpen. If you had access underneath the stadium – um, and usually it's funny because usually they have, um, you know, like Texas, for example, the old, um, where, you know, the old stadium where Texas played and now it's, I can't believe they've got a new, brand new stadium, yeah. but there was usually like a soft mat that if you're wearing spikes, you don't slip Shea stadium. There was no mat. So we would like, you kind of skate across that, that cement. I remember I looked at the time. I was like, man, I wanted to get out there before first pitch. 
because Felix and Johan's pitching. Right. So I'm like, I don't want to miss this. Yeah. So I remember skating, trying to rush my feet across that cement under the, under Shea stadium to get out there to, to witness this because, you know, obviously Felix, I get to see him a ton, but to watch, you know, Johan Santana, who's just so dominant and watch him go back and forth. But then the, the anticlimactic part for us, that bullpen, there's no, you know, all the, the nice bullpens now get a nice view of the stadium, you know, nice view of the, the action. Shea, Shea Stadium, it felt like you're out in a parking lot and you just had that one monitor. So I was like, oh, man, can we get somewhere where – because if, if you wanted to watch the game, you'd have to walk into the field. And I was like, this is kind of – you know, this is killing me right now. I want to actually watch this thing. But we sat there and watched that monitor. It, it was fun. So forward to the second inning. Felix comes up with the bases loaded thanks to an error. <laughs> I mean – which allowed Bloomquist on that loaded the bases. So did you even get a chance? You're watching this on the monitor. Did you see the home run? And what was oh, the yeah. reaction in the bullpen? Well, <laughs> we, I, I watched it from a monitor like a lot of people at home, basically, because, <laughs> again, you couldn't, you couldn't see the game from the bullpen. I, but you know what's funny? Leading into that game, Felix was all about – obviously, he was dominating on the mound, but he couldn't wait to hit. He couldn't wait to come up and hit. And it was so funny. He, his start fell on Johan's start. So he couldn't wait to hit him. And his kind of personality was like, I want to take on the best. <laughs> and not only that, you could just see the swagger walking up to the plate. Usually if you're facing a guy like Johan, you're like, you get up there and you've got that short choppy swing trying to make contact. <laughs> but he was taking, you know, he was taking some hacks. And sure enough, he just, I think he got, I don't know what the count was. And maybe you have it in front of you. I think he, Johan slipped behind the count and Felix has just taken that big, you know, green light hack. <laughs> And was laid on the ball, but the, but it's it's a nice swing. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. The pitch is kind of down and away. He was kind of laid on it, but he just kind of like went with it. And dude, it had enough enough momentum that that ball and got out of there. And we're like, are you kidding me right now? It was nuts. The whole stadium just went silent. They're like, uh, <laughs> did that just happen? And and Johan was just rattled too. I remember it was like, did that? Did I just do that? Because I guess they knew each other pretty well too. So it, it was. Yeah, we were silent. We were like, uh, how do we process this? This is nuts. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So the strange part, every, everyone remembers that, obviously, the home run. Listening back to the game, the part that I had forgotten is Felix gets hurt in this game, and he yeah. only ends up going four and two-thirds. It's, it's a part that gets forgotten in all of this. Yeah, and that's where um, you know, yours truly r- rolled in. It's funny because you know, I, I, sitting back there with your feet up when Felix would pitch, all of a sudden it's like you're watching that monitor and, and that happens. And I was the long guy, and I was pitching really well. I, I was actually doing really well. I was getting better reps in better games. So I remember he went down. I was like, oh, man, it's me for sure. And my arm was – I was I was kind of hoping for a night off because I think I pitched quite a bit leading into that game. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of sore. You know, like my arm was sore. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to get loose quick. So basically, you know, tie my shoes up, you know, get off the deck chair because I was on vacation, <laughs> Felix is pitching, and get going quick out in that, you know, that old Shea Stadium bullpen. And I was like, now what just happened? It was the strangest game. You mentioned the home run. We're like, you know, all of a sudden jaw dropped. And now later on in this game, we're like, uh, did Felix just get really seriously badly hurt? Yeah. This is not good for him, the team, everything else. And here I am warming up trying to come into that game. Well, we got to give you a line because it's, it's a great line. Two innings, no hits, no runs, no walks, three strikeouts, 24 pitches, 17 strikes. I mean, there that is, that's beautifully done. <laughs> <laughs> and no at-bats. How did I not sneak in that bat in there? Come on. Yeah, that's probably why you didn't pitch a third inning, because I think <laughs> yeah. you lifted for a pinch hitter. 
Yeah, exactly. But uh, well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. It brings back good memories. Um, yeah, honestly, it's it, and not not to not to go off on a tangent here or take this away from Felix's week or anything like that. But I've said this a couple times. My favorite road trip of my career um, was that road trip. We went that year. We went to we went played the Mets. We went to Atlanta, and we also went to San Diego. And that was a road trip where couple things happened. One on that, that New York series, I got to meet Pearl Jam. I was a huge fan of them when I was a kid. Wow. I got to meet the guys from, they came out and took batting practice. I got to go to their concert and, and stand on the side of the stage. It was amazing. I had, I had, I went and had dinner with Ichiro for the first time, just him and I, that was amazing. And then on the top of that in San Diego, I found out I was going to make my first major league start. So it was a huge road trip for me, barring the, and, and the reason I got the start is because Felix hurt himself in, you know, in, in that game. Mm. Wow. That's amazing. I got to yeah, know. Was... I, I've, I've got to know about your Ichiro dinner. Oh, for sure. It was. Well, it, we're in Atlanta, and it was one of these cities. And Ken Barron was look was his guy um, back then. He, he'd translate for him. He'd do a lot for him. Um, even when he stopped translating for him, interpreting for him, he worked for Ichiro and, and did a lot of things for him. And Ken, big shout out to him and, and his dad, uh, if they're listening, Alan. Um, but I guarantee you they're listening to big Mariners fans, especially Ken's dad. Anyway, but I, we're in Atlanta and it was one of these places that, you know, with Ichiro, if he's going to New York, if he's going to you know San Francisco or even LA and these places, Chicago, well, he's got like something going on, you know, some, some, not event, but some big thing going on. So I'm not going to bug him then. I kind of had an inkling of this. Well, we go to Atlanta. I'm like, Oh, this might be a good place. I said to Ken, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to, uh, you know, jokingly said, I'm going to take him to some dive bar and buy him a beer. Right. <laughs> like there's no way he's doing that. Um, and then Ken said, if you're serious, man, I'll, I'll talk to Itra. I said, what he's up to tonight. So then right after the game, um, we're in Atlanta, Itra comes up to me and he says, Hey, um, what are you doing tonight? Let, we had a day game. Let's, let's go grab, let's go grab dinner. I was like, really? <laughs> I, was, you know, I was like, this is awesome. Do I have to pay? Like, do I have to pay you money? Like to hang out? That's kind of, uh, yeah, that was how you know, simple I felt like I was. And um, sure enough, man, it was amazing. We went to this Japanese restaurant. The whole staff, I swear to God, it's like the place is shut down or they just you know, sectioned off a part of this mm-hmm. restaurant. They all came out to greet him, lined up, and he walked through like, you know, like – yeah, you know, like he's getting married, going under the swords or something. <laughs> you know, so they'll come out, they bow, and and they all, you know, he bows back to him. I'm standing there, like, do I bow? What do I do? Um, and we sit down, and, and dude, it was amazing. We sat there for like hours, and he just dived into all these things he's passionate about, how he felt about, you know, the team and and why the team is doing this and doing that, and what he would like to see, um, why why he loved. Um, you know, what he loved about Japanese baseball as opposed to American baseball, the differences. It was amazing, dude. I left that dinner. I couldn't sleep that night. I was like, wow, I just I just feel like I've just gotten this whole hard drive full of facts about Ichiro and, and this new knowledge of it, – it was amazing, man. It, it was amazing. And mind you, people have asked me, was this all in English? And no, he, he was – it was going through a translator because he was diving in. Like I'm talking some detail in some of these topics. You know, I was trying to keep up. I just didn't want to sound like some – you know, Australian bogan just talking back to him. Oh yeah, that's nice. But I was trying to keep up, but man, it, it was amazing. It, it was a lot of fun. Dude, that's incredible. Yeah, it was cool. And the oh, food was good that. too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I bet. <laughs> I bet. It was his choice of restaurant, I assume. 
Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. It, it was. It was. Exactly you know, it was the whole thing was set up. That the the Japanese restaurant in Atlanta was so excited he was there. You should have seen it. Oh, it was like, you know, it was like Santa Claus was coming um, to sit down. Like the president was coming to sit down at your restaurant. That's how it was. Um, and they just there was no menu. They just kept bringing different things. And I'm like, oh, I'll try this. I'll try that stuff. I, I could. You know, I couldn't pronounce. I have no idea what I was eating, but it was good stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, couple beers in there as well. Um, then the desserts rolled out. It was amazing. It was it was yeah. really cool. And and, so and honestly, from that point too, I all of a sudden had a relationship with Ichiro where I felt like, not like I was one of his best buddies, but I felt like I could talk to him at any point. Mm. Before that, it was kind of this thing. That's Ichiro. Leave him alone. Right. I think that night, sitting down having dinner with him like that, um, it, it was great. We we developed a relationship from there. It was good. Yeah, that's great. I was looking yeah. uh, as you were talking. I was looking at your game log from that month, and you yeah. were, you were like pitching every other day, literally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my arm was cactus. Right before that, it's interesting. I'm pretty sure, and and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Jim Rugelman took over right before that. Literally a week before, I, I want to say McLaren left, got fired. Um, I remember my arm was toast. I was pitching mm. so much and pitching these long innings. And I was, it was getting close to people were starting to make suggestions. You know, some of the trainers like, oh, you, you know, you throw four pitches, you should start. And I was like, oh, my God, I'd love to be able to start. That would be amazing. But I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I could right now because my arm is killing me. And I was pitching so much because our starters were not getting deep into games. And I was that, that middle reliever, the guy getting all those long innings. And I remember thinking, oh, man, if there's any opportunity to start here, I don't want it to be now because my arm just couldn't take it. And then obviously, it, you know, I worked it out. It got, it got better. And, and sure enough, I got a chance to make my first start, you know, a few weeks after that. It was a really good end of the season for you, too. You started last eight games, your last eight games of that season, a 2-5. You know, along the way, yeah. some really good starts in the mix. I mean, that was a good yeah, run for you. Yeah, I, I, I got in a really good rhythm. I, yeah. I had like a little quality start streak going. I was going six plus every time. It was interesting. I, I was pitching and I got a couple starts, and then they said, oh, we're going to send you back down to AAA to get stretched out. And I didn't believe them. And this is just giving you, if this gives you any kind of indication of how I felt about my career or status with the team, I thought it was a situation where I was just going to go down and stay down there the rest of the year, come back in September. So I was in the office with Jim Riggleman. I was so frustrated. I'm like, man, I'm pitching really well out of the bullpen. I get a chance to start doing really well. And you're going to send me down to AAA. But literally I went down there and it was good. It kind of gave me that chip on my shoulder. I went down you know, for about a month and came back. And then I was, I was a guy. I was stretched out and, and I, I, I pitched really well. And, and it really gave me a massive boost to my career. Mm. You were there with a really interesting time, this being Felix Week for you know his real emergence his real breakthrough yep. uh mm-hmm. and it started in 2009 second in Cy Young a massive year and then 2010 just his Cy Young year obviously just dominant what was it like to see him transition from just kind of the young kid really you know yeah. coming up at 19 to what he became a truly dominant pitcher you know what I'm going to throw a name out there and people might um yeah, I want to cringe when I say this name, but I'll, I'll give you a little, my little, you know, sort of um, timeline and, and uh, you know, um, sequence of events. I think with Felix, 2007, I came up and he had already had some time, obviously, in the big leagues, but he was that, you know, that wild horse. Basically, stuff was amazing, just trying to hone it all to be a guy, I think, when I first came up. And his attitude, too, he was young, um, he was a little bit immature, he was. 
in, in a sense. He wasn't not that he wasn't a great teammate, but he wasn't a guy who would just kind of like me or, or other guys. He wouldn't let other people in. In a sense, mm-hmm. he was, you know, I'm Felix Hernandez. I'm 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 the dude, and and you know, I'm the future of this team. But there was really wasn't. You know, it, there wasn't that consistency to be like, my stuff's nasty. Now I know how to pitch. Now I know how to just go eight innings every time. 2008 rolled around, and I, I hate to say this, but Carlos Silva, having him on that team, he was a good buddy of his. Mm-hmm. Like, they were, they were good friends. Carlos Silva was a clown in a sense of he was just a jokester. Felix, all of a sudden, became a, a guy who – he would joke around. He would laugh. He wouldn't take himself super seriously. Um, he would hang out with you know me and the, like some of the other younger starting pitchers. Brandon Morrow was a guy in 2008. You know, we would all sit on the bench and and joke around, and and you could talk to him about pitching. All of a sudden, he was invested in the team and being a teammate and all these little things that I think make a huge difference. Um, and he started to really understand that if I if I'm 2-0, I don't have to blow this 96 past someone. I can make this pitch and get back to 2-1, and then all of a sudden I'm back in account. Little things started to change. He started to slow down a little bit. 2009, I remember it, that's when it, he was – he, in my opinion, said to himself, I'm a 15-year veteran. Obviously, he wasn't 15 years in the big leagues, mm-hmm. but he was a guy that I've been here before. This is my team. I know how to pitch, and I'm going to beat my opponent every single time, as opposed to worrying about – you know, breaking off the nastiest curveball of his life or throwing 96 and looking at the radar gun to go see if it was 97. All these little things, he just made this massive transition. And then 2010, the one thing i got to give him, and you can talk about wins and losses all you want. Now, he didn't win a lot of games. That's not a big, and we all know now metric-wise, that's not a big deal. But it is hard to pitch when you're, in a te- when you're on a team that's struggling to score runs like they were, and, and you can look at his run support. It was atrocious to f- do what he did. And this is why I'm so like, I would have, my head would have exploded if he didn't win the Cy Young that award yeah, that year, because okay. he only had what 13 wins, which is amazing for that team. That's amazing. Like for how, how bad that team was at scoring runs and it, just watching him completely block out the noise, block out, what was happening, blocking out the fact that he gives, gives up a run in the third inning and then he's got to hold the other team to one run for the rest of the game because he knows he's not getting any run support and then cop the loss. It was amazing. And to, to sustain that for six months, to watch him in 2010 to 2007, just the transformation of being a pitcher, I hate to sound old school, but learning how to pitch and learning how to, to hone in all those things and not worrying about snapping off the nastiest breaking ball or – you know, all these other little things that really he didn't need. It was amazing, man, to watch that that transformation. I got to see him in the peak, and it, it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, he was incredible. And it's amazing to look back on some of those numbers. It's just, it's incredible to look at. You know, I'm looking at his, you're talking about his 2010. I was just looking at his August. Like, he gave up four runs in the month. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Absurd. It's amazing. And, and that's, you're talking five months into a year where he knows his team, his they're not going to give him any run support. I want to say, I'll throw my name in there in the mix too. And everyone says, oh, man, you sucked in 2010. I know I did. 
But run support, him and I were in the top three. I, I, for like the, someone brought this stat to me. I'm like, please don't give me that. But Felix <laughs> was number one worst run support in the American League there for a long time in the first uh, first couple months of the season at least. And like, oh, and you're right behind him. Oh, great. He's Felix Hernandez. He can live with it. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I need runs. I need run support. I need that three spot in the second inning. He doesn't. But it's amazing. You mentioned that August. The fact to go that deep into a year, knowing you're not going to get any runs, not to mail it in, say, oh, this team's not doing well. Because it happens, man. I've been on teams where they're like, uh, you know, we're just going to shut it down. And then all of a sudden that that 280 goes to 240 real quick for those hitters because they're just kind of mailing it in. He didn't do that. That's amazing. Yeah, that was a six-start month, too. Six starts, four runs. It's incredible. Wow. It, you know, <laughs> I've always thought it's his uh, – 2012 where he had four different four times during 2012 he had one nothing shutouts which i think is amazing amazing Amazing. your point how hard is that oh my god and here's the thing too i remember jared washman was talking about bartola cologne i think he won a cy young with the angels when jared was his teammate but he used to talk about with bartolo he, he was a guy that He's like, oh, man, he'd always get these run supports. And anytime he – I felt like he, – he said to me, i never forget this. This is back in obviously 07, 2008, whenever it was. He said to me that Bartolo, if you gave him – and this is in Bartolo's heyday when he was nasty. If you gave him three runs before the fourth inning, he's going nine innings. Mm. And he's just going nine shutout because he just has this cushion where he gets super comfortable and he starts playing around with hitters. With Felix, that's – and that's one thing. But with Felix, when you're talking about that kind of dominance where you can be that, you can't let one little thing slip, an error or a bloop hit with a runner on second, little things like that, that just tells you it's on another level when you're talking about how much these nine-inning um, efforts are worth. It's it's uh, he, It was amazing. And, and you know, it, I, again, I, I got 2011, I went on off to other teams. I you know, turn on the TV, 2011, 2012. I'm like, look at Felix. It's just <laughs> like, is this real? Yeah, it was crazy. Well, I hope you get a chance to tune in and uh, hear your two innings of glory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. I, I will, for sure. I, I, nice. I couldn't remember if it was that game or another one because I think I threw the, the day before or after that or in another game in that series. I'm like, was that the game? Because I was, I was driving back getting ready to, to talk to you and I was like, was that the game I went like you know, two and two thirds and arm wasn't feeling great or was that the other one? But yeah, no, it, it was um, – yeah, that, that was a memorable time obviously in my career. I know the team wasn't very good but for me, I, I, was, starting, I was starting to emerge and, and I was getting a chance to play with guys like Felix – Watching his dominance, other really fun teammates, uh, and getting a chance to pitch in those in those games was a lot of fun. Well, thanks for the time. It was great to catch up. Let's do it again soon. Let's do it, Gary. It's good to hear from you. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 